DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are joined now by Andy Bailey. Covers the NBA for Bleacher Report. Andy, how are you? Welcome back. I'm doing pretty well. How are you guys? We're doing all right. I got this little stiff thing in my neck, man. It's really been bothering me, Andy. That That is frustrating. I yeah. know that feeling. and yeah. uh, It can kind of just put a cramp in your whole day. So I'm at the gym the other day. This has nothing to do with anything, but it made me laugh. There's this guy who always just, you never want to talk to him because he'll just talk your head off. So guy, I, I'm, I'm by the side. Guy comes up to the other guy. He says, yeah, how's it going, Bob? Oh, you don't want to know. And then he proceeds. Well, I mean, last month, man, my elbow was just, and then I had this pain in my neck. And then, and I'm doing the abridged version, Andy. Then when the snow came, I had the shovel and I fell right on my, you know what? So then I was out with that. And this went on for like 15 minutes. <laughs> my, in my head, I always have the inner response. Yes, I, I, you're right. I do not want to know, but I never have the courage to actually say that. And I felt bad for the guy asking him, how's it going, Bob? Cause I knew, Oh, oh you're opening the floodgates. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Here it comes. Exactly. It's fun to go the other way. When somebody asks, how are you? You're like, that's just your way of saying hello. You don't really want me to, to dump all this on you. Do you? I just say never been better. <laughs> <laughs> all right. The Utah Jazz. You know the topics. You know the stories. You probably don't even need the questions for us. Uh, before we get to the trade rumors and the Joe Ingles speculation and maybe the bogey speculation and all that kind of stuff, having seen the Warriors play four games, three against the Suns and one against the Jazz, how big is the gap between these top teams, we haven't seen the Jazz and the Suns yet. How big is the gap, you think, between these top teams? You've got the trade de- deadline coming up, and if you're running one of these clubs, what are you thinking right now about the gaps and your ability to close them? Well, um, this may be the safe answer, but I, I really don't think the gap is huge. Um, I understand the desire to maybe try and upgrade one of those spots, whether it's Bogdanovich or, or Ingles. Um, but I, I think with the jazz, they, they are so good offensively. So historically good. I mean, the, the gap between them and number two is pretty immense. And I've had people point out to me uh, on Twitter and elsewhere that they've had kind of a soft schedule so far. And that may be fair, but they are just such a well-oiled machine on offense. Um, that I hesitate to break that up. And I still sort of think that <clears throat> when push comes to shove in the playoffs, the defense will tighten up again a, a little bit too. Um, and it's not that they've been bad defensively. I think it's just when you have Rudy Gobert on your team, you almost expect top one or two. Um, so I, I think they're closer to the Warriors than people maybe realize. But, you know, having said all that, um, I can see the logic in some of the rumored, like a few weeks ago, I saw, I don't know if this was sourced or anything, if it was just, you know, his own speculation, but Kevin O'Connor at the ringer talked about maybe something along the lines of Bogdanovich for Grant. And I don't know what other pieces would be in there in terms of contracts and draft picks and whatever the case may be. Um, but I think you take a slight step back offensively in a deal like that. But, but Grant is a more versatile defensive player. Um, I do think Bogdanovich is, is maybe a little bit better than people give him credit for. I think he's pretty big. He knows how to use his body fairly well. Um, but I would trust Grant a little bit more against some of the bigger guards and wings uh, that they'd have to face in the playoffs. So it's a tough tightrope 
to walk. I mean, if you're if you're the Jazz front office, you think we've we've been churning along at a sixty win pace for two seasons now. Um, can we can we break this up? I mean, it's 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 kind of a big deal because of how good they've been in the regular season the last couple of years. I'm wondering then. So you mentioned the Bogdanovich and Ingles, and obviously those are the two most likely guys if you're trying to get better defensively. And it seems like, at least on paper, and I could be totally wrong, but on paper it seems like if I, if you go with Bogdanovich in a move, you get back a higher caliber of player than if you would trade Ingles, then you would may get the same type of player but not quite as good. That would be my theory. I'm not sure if it's correct, but anyway, that's my theory. Uh, so with that in mind... Would you? What? Which one of the two would you go with? Would you think that the Jazz need a higher caliber, someone who's commensurate across the board to what Bogdanovich can give you offensively? That player can give you defensively, or would it be good enough if you went with an Ingles who isn't quite as good? So maybe you don't get quite as good a defensive player. You see the parallels I'm trying to draw there? Yeah, I think your theory is right on. Frankly. Um... Ingles is a couple years older. Um, he's he's obviously not scoring at the same volume that Bogdanovich can. He's not even shooting the ball as well as Bogdanovich is this year. So I think if you if you move Ingles, that's a fringes sort of a an improvement. Um, and I think if you're going to break up a core that has won at like I said a 60 plus win pace for two seasons now. Um, I think you've got to be pretty committed to we're, we're doing something that is actually going to move the needle for us. You may move Joe Ingles for somebody who, who just frankly doesn't make things any better. Um, I think if you move Bogdanovich, you do have a, a little bit better chance of getting a real difference maker. And again, if that means you shave a point or two off the offensive rating, um, but you also you get one or two points better defensively, maybe you're a little bit better suited for the playoffs. Um, but it's it's just such a tricky thing to think about because with the Jazz, you know, statistically you already have a bona fide contender um, and and a lot of continuity and chemistry and you know I know the the league is there's tons of player turnover over the last several years um, really the whole time I've been covering the NBA um, but there is still some value in in continuity and eventually teams can break through sometimes you know you've got the 2011 Mavericks, who who eventually broke through with kind of a similar core that they'd had for a few years. So I think there's an argument to stand pat, um, but if the right deal presents itself, I'm yeah, I'm sure with all the new voices that they have in the front office, there will be people who, who may push for, you know, switching things up a little bit. So I think that a lot of things you guys have been talking about, I can totally agree with and sign off on, but I think the one thing that is out there, and, you know, we have Joe on our show every week, and I definitely don't want to screw that up with a trade. That won't be a factor, however. <laughs> my my needs don't factor into this. But and well, I think I, Joe, will, I was, Joe, Joe, I was going to mention something along those lines. Like you don't, the front office wouldn't. This wouldn't be a determining factor for them. But he is a fan favorite. He's been with the Jazz his entire career, um, and and he has a lot to do with that continuity and chemistry. He's <laughs> he's. I think probably the longest tenured jazz guy, maybe him or Gobert. So there, both. there is a little bit to that. Yeah, yeah. So the so he mentioned last summer, and we asked him something about trades, and he got into it, and it didn't hit me at the time, but it hit me a little later. I'm like, 
oh, he's way more aware. And he subsequently has come on and said that uh, he sat on, I think he was, I think he was waking up because of the time difference, that he woke up at the Olympics to some news and he thought he was gone then. And, mm. and just last week he was talking about it and he said, I know I'm the guy making a lot of money with the expiring contract and I know the business of the NBA and that makes me more valuable. And so as much as PK is weighing the basketball merits and trying not to you know, be the homer who builds some lopsided trade because we're doing radio here, you know, and the other team would never do it, but there are lopsided trades because there are sometimes owners who are desperate to get under the cap, desperate to create mm-hmm. space for a, a free agent signing they think they can pull off next summer, or desperate to pay less than the luxury tax. So all of a sudden... The quality of the basketball in the moment doesn't matter to them. It matters a lot to the Jazz, but it doesn't matter. That's how the Jazz got Jeff Hornacek a long time ago. It was mm-hmm. a lopsided trade, but Philly was making a money trade while the Jazz were making a basketball trade, so the Jazz came out way ahead. Do you think there are a lot of motivated sellers in the NBA who will look at the finances, not worry about the basketball, in which case the Jazz could make a seriously lopsided deal? Yeah, I think there are always at least a couple teams in the NBA. I'd have to sit down and and look and see if I could pinpoint some specific ones for you. But that does seem to be something that happens every year. There's at least two or three of those who are trying to, you know, shave some money off. They see the writing on the wall that they're not going to be a contender. They're not going to make the playoffs or whatever the case may be. And if you get, I mean, I, I think... Justin Zanuck has obviously been with the Jazz for a while, but they have kind of pivoted away from Dennis Lindsay, who was the one who was responsible for bringing in Joe Ingles. So there may not be quite as much of an attachment to him with this front office as there was, say, two years ago. Um, and if you're presented with a deal that, you know, it's a money saver for another team and it is a clear basketball upgrade for the Jazz, um, you know, I, I think they would probably say yes. Um, I don't know if they're out there hunting for those deals or they're just waiting for those to come in. But yeah, if, if it's an obvious upgrade, you, you probably got to do it. You just kind of bite your tongue and, um, you know, you hope that there's, I, I'm sure there's plenty of goodwill with the Jazz fan base that they wouldn't, they, they wouldn't riot or anything if Joe Ingles was gone. But, but it would certainly, um, it would be a bitter pill to swallow for some people. But that's, like you said, that's the business. There are always teams that are, that are trying to, get under the luxury tax or at least reduce that luxury tax payment and and stuff can come up that maybe you weren't anticipating. How much do you buy into the camaraderie chemistry aspect of the game? I think it's pretty big. Um, I think you have to have a nice balance between that part of it and star power uh, because you're just not going to win an NBA championship without some star power. Um, There's only five guys on the floor. It's obviously a lot different than football in that regard. There's 11 guys on the field and all their jobs are so highly specialized. Um, when there's only five guys and they all kind of do the same thing, if you've got one or two that are you know head and shoulders above the rest of the field, it's going to make a huge difference. Um, and I, you know, I've been saying for years that the Jazz are on the fringe of being one of those teams with two top ten players. And if you've got two top ten players, you have a very strong chance to win it all. And I think, I think the argument that they've got those two guys is stronger this year than it's ever been. Um, Donovan Mitchell has has been ridiculous this season. His three point percentage is down a little bit, but 
Um, he's been phenomenal from two point range. He's playmaking. I think he averaged 30 plus in December. Um, and Rudy Gobert has quietly just been dominant this season. I don't, I don't know if you guys have seen the thing I do where I kind of aggregate all the catch all metrics from around the internet. Yeah. Um, but if you kind of mix them all together and, and try and balance out some of the biases that each one has, the last time I did it, Gobert was fourth. I mean, the only people ahead of him were Jokic, Curry, and Giannis. I mean, he, he just leapfrogged Durant. Um, I think people are so programmed to see points per game and fadeaway jumpers and between-the-legs dribbling and stuff like that that they're, they're just not ready to accept the fact that Gobert has that kind of impact, but he does. Um, you know, I've said for years that he's basically Ben Wallace with plus offensive impact. I mean, he's he is a dominant defensive player who's also a huge part of their offense. So I think they're really close on the top ten on the on the multiple you know stars front if they're not there already. And then you you layer the chemistry and the continuity like you talked about on top of that, where those two guys know how to play with each other. Um, they've they've now got multiple years under their belts with Bogdanovich and Clarkson and Conley and. Um, you know, like I said earlier, the offense is just a well-oiled machine. They they lace up their shoes and go out there and score 115, you know, points per hundred possessions like it's nothing. Um, so I think if you've got both of them, you're in great shape. And and I do think Utah has both of those. So I I think you kind of need both generally to win the title. What have you thought of the Jazz? It seems to be that they're trending much more towards letting Gobert be the on-ball defender no matter who has the ball. And if he ends up matched up with a 6'2 point guard who shoots the three, so what? He's Rudy Gobert. And we're seeing a little more of that, and it seems to be working, but I'm wondering if that's something that can be pulled apart in the playoffs when teams have more time to prepare. I think it's good that they're doing that now. Um, And I might lean even harder into it than they have. They've obviously been a drop coverage team for basically the entire time that Gobert's been the starting center. And that makes a lot of sense with him. Uh, but as we saw with the Clippers last season, small ball lineups can kind of pick that drop coverage apart. So this this would be the time to experiment with it. And and statistically, you know, it's not a huge sample size because they do typically drop back um, against the pick and roll. But statistically, his numbers against perimeter players have, have always been pretty solid. Um, you know, people like to cherry pick – the random highlight where he gets spun around on a drive um, or he is slightly laid out to a shooter or something like that and throw it up on Twitter. And then everybody thinks, Oh, that's, that's how Gobert looks against perimeter of, you know, assignments every time. But for every one of those, I think there's probably three or four clips um, that aren't as grabby on social media where he does just fine staying in front of a guard. And there's a lot of times where he gets blown by. And then the fact that you've got a seven foot nine wingspan, yeah. um, comes in handy and he can bother him from behind. So I think, I think he's a lot better on the perimeter than people realize. Um, and if the, the more he gets used to it in games that don't matter as much here in the regular season, the better he'll be equipped to do it in the playoffs when it's you know, much more important. Regular season, who's winning the West? I, I think at this point it's probably safe to default to the Warriors. Um, you know, I, I kind of keep waiting for the slipper to fall or whatever the saying is with the Suns, but they just they keep plugging along too um i think it'll probably be neck and neck between them um i i wouldn't count the jazz out yet i think those are your three like bona fide 
contenders in the West. It's it's interesting. I I think how quickly um, that has sort of crystallized in both conferences. I think three teams in each conference have kind of put their head and shoulders above everybody else. Um, but once once the Warriors get Clay Thompson back, and I know there's probably a lot of homerism in the reporting there, but it sounds like he looks pretty good. Um, when you add that kind of shooting to the mix they already have, I think they're going to be tough to catch. Andy, we appreciate the time, as always. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. Andy Bailey, he covers the NBA for Bleacher Report, and you can check more of his analysis and his writing right there. DJ and PK, time to welcome in Andrew Reinhart, Wasatch Medical Clinic. And Andrew, you got a breakthrough treatment. No pills, no injections, no side effects. Yes, that is right. If you're out there suffering with ED, we call this breakthrough because it's not a pill, thank goodness. That's what men have turned to for 30 years, dealt with the headaches, the side effects, and then they're playing this big timing game, not knowing if the pill will work, when it will work. Uh, We can eliminate all that. Wasatch Medical has the two most advanced versions of wave technology, the only technology backed by 50 studies showing it opens up and regrows blood vessels. We have helped so many men, couples of pretty much every age, turn back the clock in the bedroom, restore normal blood flow, and we do it without any pills. The clinical studies have, uh, have piled up, but they keep piling up. Yes, they do. We have about 50 of them posted at wasatchmedicalclinic.com, uh, Cambridge, the Cleveland Clinic, Most of them, if not all of them, say safe, effective. One called it the new standard of care for ED. So this is really cool. I think the pill will someday be a thing of the past. And you had a special offer right now. If people pick up the phone and call Wasatch Medical Clinic, what are you offering? If you're ready to put a stop to your ED, guys, it won't go away on its own. Call us now. Exam, assessment, and blood flow ultrasound with our MD. Uh, It's free, no obligation, plus a gift that produces immediate results to intimacy. I think you'll really love that. And this is pretty cool. Blood work and testosterone, that's free today as well. Call right now, 801-901-8000. That's 801-901-8000. Call a Wasatch Medical Clinic at 801-901-8000. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you.